up, everyone? Tyler Tambolin here, a.k.a. Totag and Tambo. Back for the final regular season edition, the Week 18. We've got an extended season here, the Week 18 edition of the Prize Picks and DraftKings show. And I got my main man back, my counterpart, my co-host, JT Hayes. JT Hayes, what's happening, my man? How you doing? Doing good. Hope you and hope everybody watching had a great holiday season. Been a couple of weeks since I've been here. Excited for Week 18. It's a tough week, Tambo. We were talking about it. Just a couple of minutes ago that uh, not sure exactly how much time some of these starters are going to spend on the field this Sunday for many of these teams. We know that there are a handful of teams that still have a chance to punch their ticket in. Unfortunately, the NFL wisely for them flexed what's likely to be the best game of the week, the Chargers and the Raiders to Sunday night. So it's off the main slate, but we can still chat a little bit about some of the players from that game. Yeah, there's definitely a, a lot we're going to talk about when it comes to incentives and motivation and full go versus no, you know, nothing, nothing at stake, mostly sticking to the spots that they're going to have to be full go because that's where we're going to get our value from for daily fantasy for the props, situational stuff like that. But I missed you last week, especially I did the solo show. I think it was, a, you know, the JTA's mojo missing that caused me to go one and one because I got the, the over on the Josh Jacobs. So we're going to get to prize picks here in a second. But just to go through it, I had last week's picks one and one over on the Josh Jacobs hit pretty easily. That was OK. But the T Higgins, man, I needed 66 and a half yards. Joe, if I told you that and then Joe Burrow throws for 446, You'd think, okay, T. Higgins should have got there unless he got injured. Well, listen, he did not get injured, but Jamar Chase got almost 300 of those yards. So uh, pretty pretty interesting spot, missed by four yards on the over. That one sucked, but we're back. We're back at it again this week. We're going to go through it the same as always. we got two prize picks each for you. Going to go through that, and then we're going to get into the DraftKings segment later on. Before we get into the prize picks, though, JT Hayes, talk to them a little bit about prize picks, the site. And then we got good news. We're going to be coming back for the playoffs as well. Talk about that. Yeah, it's fantastic. On Jamar Chase, what an outstanding performance. It was one of those Sundays where if you didn't have him, every time you look down at your little DK Live app like I do when I'm watching, couldn't watch that particular game. And I'm like, all right, Jamar Chase has a touchdown. No problem. Ooh, Jamar Chase has two touchdowns. Oh, Jamar Chase has three touchdowns. I may as well put this away. Incredible week from him. But you mentioned it, pricepicks.com. If you haven't been using, use code MMN for Mayo Media Network. You get a $100 deposit match. And all season long, the Mayo Media Network has been sponsoring a special contest on pricepicks.com. Pricepicks, the concept, very simple. They are using DraftKings fantasy scoring and they put a line out of fantasy points. You pick the over, you pick the under, you think that player is going to go. And with the Mayo Media Network contest on prizepicks.com, you make five picks, make a wager of $7.11, and there are big prizes at the end of the season, meaning in just a couple of weeks, the top players are going to get their site credits. And if you've been going all through from week one to week 17, and you're not the best, but you're pretty close to damn near last or the worst at this that you could possibly be, you get a bonus too. So you've been hanging in all season long. Don't get discouraged. Last place is just as good as first place in this contest. Yeah. 
definitely good if you're that and you're if you're in that spot you got to still make the picks this week but might want to make some bad ones or, or take something you think the opposite's going to happen so that you end up in last place there but yeah it's good we've been on the overs mostly all season i'm definitely not going to shy away from that i've got two picks this week and i'll get to them in a second i'll let you roll first but i think uh, first off, just remind people, yeah, we got the playoffs coming up. I'm excited for that. Got the news today. JT Hayes and I will be continuing on here, same time, same place, each week, talking about the Sunday games. Just in, you know, as far as the schedule is, it will just be the Sunday games, but we'll switch up the style a little bit. We're going to go through it sort of game by game instead of, you know, what we've got right now. Obviously, a whole slate ahead of us this week, for example, a 13 game slate. We'll bring it in where it's just going to be game by game for the games that are on that Sunday. So that should be some exciting news. But JT Hayes, talk to us this week for your week 18 prize picks of the week. What do you got? So I looked at first thing this morning, I looked at the board and it's a little bit barren just simply because we don't know exactly how much these players are going to play. And I saw immediately a price fix line that jumped out to me and I actually had to get it in right away. Got it in at like 10 o'clock this morning because I knew that Tambo, Tambolicious was going to see this, be excited by it. And this was going to be one that you were going to take. So I stole it. It's Josh Jacobs over 50 and a half rushing yards. That's the Sunday night game against the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, Josh Jacobs has three straight games over 50 rushing yards. When they played the Chargers earlier in the season, he didn't get there. He got a little close. I think it was 40 rushing yards, but that was when he was banged up. Now he's healthy. And look, the Chargers, they gave up 149 rushing yards to Rex Burkhead a couple of weeks ago. I'm pretty confident Josh Jacobs is going to get there over 50 and a half rush, rushing yards on Sunday night. For my second guy, I'm going to be honest, he wasn't on my radar at the beginning of the season at all, but he has demanded our attention. He has insisted that we give him this time, this courtesy of talking about his greatness. If you didn't know, the St. Brown brothers are going to be playing against each other on Sunday, Packers and Lions, and Amonra, Amonra Ross St. Brown. Five straight games with eight-plus catches. Five straight games, he's gone over 60-and-a-half receiving yards. He may even get Jared Goff back, which usually isn't a good thing for a wide receiver, but Amonra St. Brown and Jared Goff have a real bond here working. He's even done really well the last couple of weeks with Tim Boyle, but over 60-and-a-half receiving yards, for Amonra, the Gopra, don't confuse me with Equinemius, St. Brown, bro. Okay, but you, I did. I honestly didn't even think about the connection there that they're brothers, so that's amazing. But the fact that you put him on the map from going from some guy named Amonra St. Brown to now having just this career season has to be the most incredible feat from anyone that I've seen this entire season, for, for that matter. So uh, I think it was over on our Run Pure Sports channel that you first talked about it, it was your, myself. AP and, and you are going on about it on the off the chalk show Sunday mornings, 845 Eastern. You guys can check that out still. And I think that was where it was originally brought up. And now we've come this far and he's literally on everyone's map. He won people fantasy championships and season long. I've seen, I've seen it all JT Hayes. A any other comments on your boy, Amon Ross St. Brown? I, I mean, I could talk for hours about him. I play in one season long league and I picked him up and he got me into the championship. So I have nothing but love and respect for Amonra, the son of John and Miriam, Southern California product, modern day high school, University of Southern California. He even got a rushing touchdown last week against the Seahawks. 
God, I can't wait to watch his kids play football this year. And for at least like the next 10 or 15 years, I might even go to Canton to see it when he's inducted. <laughs> when does the Jersey come in? That's what I want to know. You have to get a Jersey. There's no question it's coming. There's no question it's coming. I, I again, supply chain issues. There's a huge demand. This kid's a stud. He's a star. Oh, you're killing me, man. All right, we'll move on. Let me give you my picks. We'll, we'll talk some more about Ross St. Brown later on when we get to the DraftKings segment, but two more prize picks for you this week. I've got a couple. The first, hey, just like I always say, we're on the overs. I love both of them. The first one I love more, and the reason I say that is because the second one, you're probably going to think I'm crazy and should be taking the under. But on the first one, I'm sticking with my Ravens. You guys know I'm a huge Baltimore Ravens fan. I'm going back to Mark Andrews. I don't get the line. I don't get the number. You think about it here, over 69 and a half receiving yards. It's, you know, Lamar did not practice again yesterday. It's not looking good, they say. It's probably going to be Huntley coming back in, but it hasn't mattered who the quarterback is. It really hasn't. If you go back and look, Ravens are a full go. They have to win this game. The last four games for Andrews, we've got 89, 125, 136, and 115 receiving yards. And then the line is 69 and a half. So to me, it just makes no sense. They're going to be passing. They're going to be going back and forth. It's a division rivalry game against Pittsburgh. Uh, you're going to see how it plays out. I know they're missing some pieces too. We'll talk about that later on. But I just think it's a, a easy number to smash here. I love this play more than any of the other ones on the board. I started with that. You did steal my Jacobs play, by the way. But my second play, we'll talk about it. This is where I said, maybe you think I'm crazy. I've never taken an over on a number like this all season. It's a number that you probably should take the under on because if, as you know, they start the game with zero. So when I'm taking an over 115, 115 and a half yards rushing for Jonathan Taylor, you probably think I'm crazy. Uh, like I say, always, almost always want to take an under on a number this big, but get this, right? He starts the game with zero. He's got the opportunity. It is the Jags. It is a must win for Indianapolis for the Colts this week. They should be riding him. He needs, I believe the number is 266 yards to hit 2000 that I've got here in front of me to hit the, the 2000 yard, that number that everybody wants to hit. He needs two touchdowns to get 20 touchdowns on the season. You say, well, that's, you know, nice and dandy. We only need to beat 115 and a half here. Remember, but you'll say that seems like a pretty tough feat. Well, did you know JT Hayes last year, obviously this year, there's 18 weeks. They added a, an extra game last year in week 17, the Colts, Played the Jags. JT went for your guy, JT, right? Same initials, same same moniker. You've got him going for 253 yards and two touchdowns against the Jags in this exact spot in the final week of the season last year. So I'm fine with 115 and a half. What say you? Yeah, so back to Mark Andrews. Andrews has been the guy that Tyler Huntley has leaned on here. He gets a very soft matchup against a Steelers secondary. Their defensive line has looked very good of late. And, of course, like many other defenses, you can always look good against the Cleveland Browns offense. But in this matchup, I think it's a good one for Mark Andrews. He's been the first primary target for Tyler Huntley in the time that he's been playing. And he was for Josh Johnson as well. But Huntley expected to start there. So I like it. I saw the 115 and a half on Jonathan Taylor, and I thought he's probably going to get over that because of how poor the Jaguars are defensively. End of a miserable season. The Colts need to win. This is finally the Jonathan Taylor breakout year. It still takes enormous stones to go ahead and pick the over on 115 and a half, like you say, but I, I have every reason to believe 
that Jonathan Taylor is going to be given the opportunity to get there. They really want Carson Wentz to manage the game. And when I say manage the game, they want Taylor to run 30 times so that Carson Wentz has to throw only about 15 to 20. Yeah, and it's a number two. I think you just made a good point there. You know, not necessarily the huge stones. I guess it's a risk for sure. But I think the matter of more thinking about it as when you see like a, a spread, when someone's like, oh, man, I know the pa- Patriots are going to smash them this week, but they're a 17 and a half favorite. I don't want to touch that line. It's like, well, that's the whole point. They don't want you to either because it's probably the right way to go about it. And here with 115 and a half, it's definitely scary. I'm, I'm into it. I love it. I'm always gambling it up. But I think, you know, it's a spot that I'm happy to go after. And I kind of like the little tidbit that it lines up with last season. So we'll go with it again. Hope for it to happen times two. Let's move on. Let's go to the DraftKings segment. We're going to do it the same as always. Like I said, we still have a pretty big slate ahead of us. 13 games. They did flex two to Saturday, one to Sunday night. So that made it from being just an enormous slate down to a still a, a pretty big slate. Last week was 14 games. This week, we've got 13. Got to go through it like always. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and round it out with the defenses. What do you got here for us this week, JT Hayes, at the quarterback position? I think definitely you could spend up here, right? You've got Josh Allen and Tom Brady in good matchups. But again, we don't know how much we're going to get out of them on Sunday, given where their teams are in terms of playoff standing. One team in the NFC that does need to win, quarterback that has rushing ability, gets a fairly soft matchup, Taysom Hill for the Saints. Coming into Atlanta against my very own Atlanta Falcons, It hasn't been as bad a season as you would think for the Falcons in terms of the organization. Arthur Smith started off pretty poorly, looked like he got some pretty good footing throughout as the year went along. They do play hard. They are playing uh, well. They actually played the Bills tough last week, but for Taysom Hill and the Saints needing a win, I think it could be a big game for him. And then Depending on how you feel, if you want to pay down, there's a couple of other quarterbacks that are in games where if they win in the situation of the Tennessee Titans, then they're in and they may actually get the first uh, first uh, round by in the AFC. So Ryan Tannehill or the Titans. And then if you want to take on a lot more risk, Trey Lance actually looked pretty good last week. The Niners need to win. They don't win. They're definitely not in. They take on the Rams, a little bit of a tougher matchup, but the rest of the San Francisco 49ers offense is fully healthy, presents an interesting challenge for the Rams defense to handle with the Rams already in. Perhaps Trey Lance can put up another 20 spot, not a bad price point for him if he can get there. Yeah, I like that point too. That should be a good little back and forth. I think you can see some pace in that game as well. We'll talk about some more Ram, I think, well, some more players from that game, and specifically Rams when we get to wide receiver. I'm sure you know the name by now, but yeah, a couple other guys I got. I'm, I'm on some different ones here. I think Kyler Murray. I like this Arizona side against Seattle. Uh, just noticing it and looking into the game a little bit further. It's not just the fact that he's now he's down to 7,400. It's a, a affordable price. You mentioned some of the uncertainty with the other guys up there. You could stack it up though. I know AJ Green and Chris Christian Kirk, sorry, both have some incentives that they need to hit. And they're sort of the, the only guys in town right now. We saw Wesley get a couple touchdowns last week. He could be in play as well, but that's kind of your stack. And then if you're running it back, I'll talk more on Metcalf later, but he's got just a, I think it's 91 yards left.
left. They hit a thousand for the second straight season. So talk more on him later, but I think there's definitely a possibility for a back and forth stack that you could put together there. And then Tyler Huntley, we, we brought him up a little bit earlier on, brought up with Andrews already, but I just think it's a spot that you can go back to him. It looks like he's going to be in over Lamar. He played pretty good last time out. This is a must win for them. And then I think there's some unique stuff you could do. I'll talk about another tight end in that very same game that you can use later. We did have news today that Deontay Johnson hit the COVID list. So they'll be down some manpower, but that can sometimes make for a better back and forth. And so, you know, these division games late in the season, second time, obviously with it being the, the last week of the year makes it so sometimes that they go sort of a little bit more sloppy. But in this case, I think we could actually see more of a back and forth and Huntley doing his thing. You know, they had him running, basically the Lamar playbook last time many thought that wouldn't happen and he was getting similar runs and similar setups and chances so I really like that for his upside at a little bit cheaper price tag as well let's move on though let's go to running back what do you got here this week JT Hayes at the running back position talked about Josh Jacobs already I won't expand on that anymore that is the Sunday night game so it's not on the main slate main slate we're going to have a lot of value we're going to have a lot of interesting opportunities with backups but I'm going to start with a guy who was a backup and then due to injury, had to step into the primary role for the Tennessee Titans, and he's just been awesome. Whether it's because of his own talent or the sheer power of the Tennessee Titans offensive line, Deontay Foreman has been an absolute beast. He gets a matchup here against the Texans. If you're not familiar with the Texans' run defense, let me remind you, Elijah Mitchell ran all over them last week. Two weeks ago, Justin Jackson, I think he caught nine balls and rushed for well more than 100 yards. So it's not just the top-tier running backs that are running all over the Texans. It's anyone that's been doing it, and Deontay Foreman has proven himself to be more than adequate this season. Derrick Henry now, we do have to watch the news. Derrick Henry was activated for return from the IR, but normally means that these guys are about a week away. We'll see with playoff positioning in the balance there, whether or not he comes off. Got to keep on top of news there. And then another team that needs to win to get into the postseason, talked about Taysom Hill, good spot for Alvin Kamara, good spot against the Falcons who give up a ton of yardage to running backs out of the backfield. Yeah, I like that call for sure. I like the Taysom call off top too. I didn't really comment on it much, but I just think you said, obviously, anybody, anybody in this matchup is always good. And I think I'll talk more even about the Saints D later on too, just a little bit and bring that up. But I definitely like those calls. Foreman of note, by the way, as well, was a, I believe, I can't remember if it was a first round pick or third round pick, but he was drafted by the Houston Texans, played for them for a little bit as well. So a bit of a revenge spot here. And yes, he's been playing some very good football. So I don't hate that. I've got a couple, but, you know, kind of touched on a little. I like the Foreman call. I like the Jacobs call you teased earlier, taking my pick for the prize pick segment. That's okay. I like them too. We could both like them in the DraftKings segment. You know, you play them on there, get everything you can at them. I talked about Jonathan Taylor already. Obviously, if I'm going to take the guy over 115 and a half, uh, you're going to want to take him on DraftKings. It's a 100-yard bonus that you would receive. Talked about him needing the two touchdowns to get to 20 as well. I, I think that's more likely to happen than the 266 yards, mind you, is maybe he just gets, you know, 150 on the ground. They did give him 30 run, 30 opportunities last year on the ground in that same matchup I talked about earlier. That was 30 for 253 and two touchdowns here. I think we could see very similar, and that's what you want out of a guy like this. And we know that the motivation is there. The other guy, and there's motivation here. Look, I know they're like 17-point favorites, but the Buffalo Bills 
going up against the Jets here happen to play at the same time as the other team that holds up their destiny. So even though they're likely to win, they have to play through it at least somewhat. They can look at the, the scoreboard at halftime and maybe make some decisions. But going into it, they have to try out of the gate. I'm going to talk about Singletary. Guy I didn't think I'd be talking about very often or ever, for that matter, with what they had going on there. But, you know, Zach Moss was back last week after being a, a healthy scratch the weeks before that. So I think that if you look at it from the you know benefit of, okay, that's the worrisome piece is now that Zach Moss is back, we're in trouble. Not at all. There was nine red zone rushes, and they were all for Singletary. He got two touchdowns last week. Uh, basically just, you know, they only used Moss, I think it was five attempts the whole game that they even used him. And you had over 20 plus carries in two of the last three games now for Singletary. So going up against the Jets, getting those red zone attempts, almost not having to not having to worry about Moss, Brita, those guys. I think it's an important factor. And I think with the Bills here wanting just to get through this game, get the easy W, run out the clock, he could just be picking up 10 yard chunks even late in the game once it's time just to close it out. And who knows if he busts another one or something down the stretch. So I definitely like that guy as well this week. Anybody else you want to talk about at the running back position here, JT Hayes? No, I think that covers it on Singletary. Uh, everybody has run all over the New York Jets. Starters, backups, doesn't matter. So I like that uh, quite a bit as well. Yeah, I think he can get there, right? That's what I'm looking for. Good teams, good opportunities, good coaches, things like that, where they're just, they should get the chances. That's all we can really ask for in a week 18 situation like this. So I'm definitely happy fitting him into some of my lineups and some of the, some of the other guys that we talked about there. I'll start off at wide receiver because I got a couple and then I'll flip it over to you. But Cooper Cup, we talked about it. So listen, the Ravens did sort of their, their thing, quote unquote, that they did to Devontae Adams. They tried to piece him out, lock him down. They did. But, I mean, to the tune of six for 95 and a touchdown, like, you can only do so much with a guy this good. So that's pretty insane when you're doing that. He's getting you 21 DraftKings. Now, that's not going to pay the bills. But what I will say is I think you could see a totally different scenario this week. We just talked about it, this matchup with San Francisco. There could be some pace there, the back and forth of it all, needing to win San Francisco, putting up a fight the other side. I definitely think it could be better than you think. I don't think they're going to be able to do the same thing that the Ravens. I don't think they'll need to go there. I think it'll be a little bit more situational where the Ravens just sort of had to do that with how their secondary is so hurt that you can you have to set up in some way, shape, or form to at least try and, you know, you claps on him a little bit here. I don't think we'll see that the same. So I think you'll see a much bigger output. I think he will break the hundred yard bonus this week. I think he does get a touchdown this week. The odds will be very high for that. So I think he's a good spot here, obviously. But then the other side is just going to those cards guys that I mentioned earlier. They've got some incentives there. So I think in that game alone, you've got those three guys that I talked about, AJ green, Christian Kirk, the two needing the incentives, Antoine Wesley, who they've been going to a lot lately with Kyler. I think that sets up well. And then I talked about Metcalf a little bit, 91 yards to reach the thousand last week. I'm not expecting what we saw last week. I believe it was three touchdowns that we got out of them. But I do think that there's another factor here, and that's the O-line is getting healthier for the Seahawks. And Penny has been an absolute beast the last few weeks. So I think Arizona is going to have to spend a little bit more time on that. And the other thing is the news with Russ, right? Russ was in an interview today saying his goal is to win more Super Bowls and he wants to do it in Seattle. But we all know that that doesn't mean it's true and there's a business aspect to this game and a big-time business aspect. And so what I'd say with that is that, look, he looked like he was cooking last week for sure. Maybe we could see that again. I know that was what people were framing it up as maybe the last home game ever for, for, for Russ in a Seahawks jersey. But this would be the last Seahawks game if he does go a different route in the summertime. So I think... It's a spot we could see him cook again. I think you'd go Lockett or Metcalf, but 
but I do like that game for a bit more back and forth. So I'm happy to go to the, to him as well. Lock it as well in that same spot. Anybody you like from there. And then who else do you got for us this week, JT? I think you make a good point on the Russell Wilson uh, drama, whatever's going on in Seattle. Of course, he's going to say that he sort of left the door open and then he had to clarify and say, what I'm saying is I want to win more Super Bowls. And of course I want to win them here. I don't think, listen, I don't think that both Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson will be back next season. So I think if Carroll comes back, then Russell is going to go somewhere. Now, if Carroll goes, which it's probably about time based on some of the management we've seen in Seattle over the course of the last couple of seasons, then who knows? Maybe he sticks around. But I like that call quite a bit. Cooper Cup, obviously, every time he has one of these, (laughs) it's hard to say that what he did last week, six for 95 and a touchdown, is a down game. But for him, it's a down game. Every time he has one of those, he explodes, gets well over 30 the next week. And with those incentives, I expect that Stafford and Sean McVay are going to feed him. So I like those calls quite a bit. You mentioned earlier Deontay Johnson going on to the COVID IR. The Steelers, I think, have like the slimmest of slim possibilities to get into the playoffs. But no matter what, in order to do that, even if all of the other teams lose and tie that have to, they have to win. And so Chase Claypool is a guy that sticks out to me. If Deontay cannot be back, which it doesn't look like he can be on Sunday, then I like Claypool as well. I do like, as I mentioned, our guy, my guy, Amon Ra-Ra St. Brown. I think he's in a good spot. Michael Pittman for the Colts. Talked about how we expect Jonathan Taylor to have a big game. Not sure that he and Pittman can have ceiling games in the same game or to the same degree, but at Pittman's price, which is still under 6K on DraftKings, I think he can get to that 20-point line where he would be just enough to be helpful. And then a little bit deeper, I mentioned it, the St. Brown brothers are playing against each other. The Packers are definitely going to sit some people. Not sure exactly who those people are just yet, but if they sit any of that receiving crew, Equinemius St. Brown is 3K flat on DraftKings this week. Just so many quick points to add to everything you just said. The first one being, I love how you always call him Amon Rara St. Brown, like you're his cheerleader because you invented the thing. And now that's kind of just goes perfectly with it. So I like that. Uh, the note on Cooper Cup, I forgot to mention, was that 21 and a half DK points, like that line he put up, was his worst performance in like the last six weeks. So that just goes to show like he's a 20 point floor with nothing else on the line. I know he's going to be chalk. I know he'll be popular here at the incentives and stuff, but especially in cash games, just don't get cute, put them in, move on, you know, on DraftKings, especially uh, what else? Let me think here at uh, the Claypool. Don't forget about uh, what is it? Ray, Ray McLeod. Ra-Ra and Ray-Ray lineups are we building now? I think so. We're, you know, your boy Amon Ra-Ra and then we'll get some Ray-Ray McLeod. He might get a bunch of targets. And I say that not just for the bit, but the other piece to go with Equinemius St. Brown is that if, think about this too, you know, it's usually Adams, MVS, Lazard. What's that mean when Jordan Love comes into the game if he's not starting? We don't have the news yet on what their plan is. I know Rogers said he wants to play no matter what, but 
Why would they? I don't know. So we'll have to wait and see what the final decision is. But if it is love, that's the guy that Jordan loves practicing with, right? St. Brown and those guys. So I definitely think that's a sneaky play. And this is where you start to see that stuff down the stretch, just something that nobody will go to. You could fit other guys. You don't need him. But if he gets you 18 to 20 because of just the way the game goes and late into the game and wanting to utilize him, that's a really sneaky play that can have a lot of upside for this slate. So I definitely like that. Comments, I gave you a bunch there, but Anything else you want to add at the wide receiver position there with those guys? Not at wide receiver, but while we're on the Packers, we did not talk about him at running back. Talked about the Packers. The Packers, no reason to play anybody. Already locked up home field. The path to the Super Bowl in the NFC, you have to win a game at Lambeau. A.J. Dillon is probably going to be the guy who gets most of the run at running back. And they're playing the Detroit Lions, who, just like the Texans, have been ripped up by every team on the ground. We saw it with Rashad Penny last week. Great call. There, I absolutely love that actually, because if you don't know, AJ Dillon is a very big boy at running back and it's colder at this time of year and just sign, you know, what are you going to do? Just jam this guy. And he's been able to stay healthy and injury free really for the most part. So hopefully that's the case, but he can definitely pound. And if Penny can go through and rip through them for that much last week, I think you could see a big game for him. And that's again, one that we'll see what it looks like come Sunday morning. You guys can join us, myself, JT Hayes, our boy AP, over at the Run Pure Sports YouTube channel for the Off the Chalk Show. I mentioned it earlier, 8.45 Eastern, completely free show. We run about two and a half hours of free content there, about an hour for ourselves, and then an hour and a half at the Morning Wood with Big T, Hoop, and Holden right after. But I think that's going to be a decision. We'll see what happens come Sunday, JT Hayes, but I'm not so sure he'll become that popular by that time. We'll have to wait and see, but it makes so much sense. So I love that call. Let's go to tight end. I'll start just because I had Andrews at the top already. Uh, obvious reasons with him, but I did talk about a guy in the other game. You mentioned Claypool. We talked Ray Ray. I'm not going to say to put Big Ben in because, man, does he look bad. And it's, you know, is what it is. Had a great career, done his thing. It did not look good last game and what was supposed to be as likely his final game in Pittsburgh. Not quite the Russell Wilson situation. Quite different, actually, there. But I do think that, man, it's going to be tough for me to see him getting the ball downfield very often. So I would like. Pat Fryermuth here. I think he's a guy, look, Baltimore gets beat up over the middle. That's where you can wreck them with the tight end position. So I think Fryermuth could be good. And if you want to go, I know this is off the board, but it, listen, A, it's week 18. There's going to be plays at every position. So it's just adding in an extra guy in the flex position that you're not comfortable with. You might say, I don't know if it's a slate to use two tight ends. Well, listen, Mark Andrews is a wide receiver at a tight end position. So put Friar Muth, if this makes you feel better, put him in your tight end position and put Andrews in your flex. And you're basically playing the wide receiver one for Baltimore. And I can tell you, it's not Hollywood Brown, like uh, Hollywood Brown, because it has not been Marquise Brown all season long. So uh, stick with your, my guy, Mark Andrews, put him in your flex, no problem this week and run a little Huntley Friar Muth with, with uh, Andrews. And you can have yourself a nice little stack there. So I do like that one. Gronk, we talked about earlier. This is an issue, though, because like I said, again, I don't think Tampa Bay is going to roll them out for more than the first half, if any. We'll have to wait and see what they say as far as the news goes. But I think he needs like a bunch. There's like a bunch of incentives, like the Antonio Brown situation, which we won't get into on here to continue that one on. Finally released today by the Bucks. But I think if you just look back, like there's been times where Brady has said, all right, you're only going to give me a half. Let me show you what I can do in a half. And I don't think he'll be good enough. For your, for your main slate lineup in that sense, based on just the first half and puts up 20 or something, that's great, but it won't cut it on a 13-game slate probably. But I do think you could see if it's Gronk getting 110 and two touchdowns, that matters. That would be huge at the tight end position. So it could be worth the risk. 
wait on the news with that one. And then the only one other one I saw that sort of popped on my projections early was John Bates in Washington, 3000 bucks going up against the giants. They don't have anybody else. there. only show in town, really almost seven DraftKings points last week, but 18 and a half the week before they have targeted him in the end zone. So I think that that's a guy at 3000. If you just need something to make everything work. But again, by the time we get to Sunday, there will be plenty of value plays out there. What do you got this week? for the final regular season week at the tight end position. Yeah, I like many of your calls, and I'll just add a couple here. With the Niners needing to win, George Kittle, price now a little bit lower than he has been down to 6-7 on DraftKings. I think that both he and I didn't mention Debo Samuel when I talked about the wide receiver position for San Francisco. I think one of those two guys is going to have to have a big game in order for San Francisco to get the win against the Rams. So I like Kittle a little bit in that game for the Colts against the Jaguars at various points throughout the season. The Jaguars have been the worst in the league defensively against every single position, including tight end. Jack Doyle is a punt option here at just 2.7. He is questionable, so got to watch the news, even though I think he's expected to suit up. Another guy who's questionable who needs about 60 yards to pass Mike Ditka as the rookie record for tight end receiving yards. Kyle Pitts, he missed practice on Wednesday and not sure if he's going to play in this game. I'm sure he's going to want to, and I'm sure that Falcons management is going to want to see him get this, but they won't risk his future if he's actually that injured. So keep an eye on that news with Kyle Pitts as well. Yeah, the Kittle call is interesting because uh, I actually probably lean Debo, to be honest, you know, you which you liked as well. But I was just thinking about it there when the Rams just played the Ravens. It made me think of it right away. They actually did a pretty good job locking down Mark Andrews, who we've talked about plenty on this show as well. And Debo is just so hard. There's no one that's going to lock him down. I don't care Ramsey, who, whatever you want to put on him. He can basically play every spot on the field. He can move around. I think he can throw touchdowns. He can do anything for you that you want. He's going to be much harder to lock down. He's also much better than the aforementioned Marquise Hollywood Brown. So not too worried about that aspect of it or anything. I think he could be a really good play. And with Lance being cheap enough, go to Debo, run it back with Cooper Cup. I think that's a unique stack. And then there will be value plays. We talked about Singletary. We talked about some cheaper running backs. We've talked about cheap wide receivers that you could get in there and mix and match with and, and cheaper tight ends that you could play. So I actually don't hate that. Uh, as is the stack there. We, we don't talk all the time about stacks. You kind of got to put the pieces together as we lay them out. But I definitely think that's a way that you could cl- complete the puzzle this week. So I do like that. Let's move on, though. Let's go to defense. Give me your plays this week at defense, and then I'll talk about mine to round us out. Yeah, like we were talking about a little while ago, I, I think there's several defenses that I could make a case for. I'm going to give you really the three that just jumped out to me. Washington, the football team, whatever they're going to be called next season, They're taking on the Giants. They're going to get either the gift of Mike Lennon or Jake Fromm and a team whose season a lot of people are looking forward to ending. So at just 3.1, I think the Washington football team defense is one of the better options against an offense that is both turnover prone and really, really lacking in NFL talent weapons. So Washington, second one, Indianapolis. I mean, they're playing Jacksonville. They're playing Trevor Lawrence. They say about basketball players who are really, really talented. Oh, they're a walking bucket. Trevor Lawrence this season, he's a walking INT. He's a walking pick six. And I think the Colts can take advantage of that. And then the third one, Baker Mayfield has declared that he's not going to play. He's going to get 
Shoulder surgery begin his offseason a little bit earlier for the Cleveland Browns. Means we're going to see Case Keenum in the quarterback spot. And Cincinnati, not a whole lot to play for, but they will play hard in this game, even though they'll be without some of their talent on the offensive side. And I expect them to want to put a defensive showing against the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I think both sides of that game, I think it looks like you said, it's going to be Case Keenum for sure, but it looks like Brandon Allen on the other side. So I think either side of that, one thing we didn't mention earlier too, maybe I think you talked about it maybe pre-show, but uh, Samaji Pirine is in play. Mixon hit the COVID list. So they're without Burrow, without Mixon. I'm not sure what they'll do with Chase. You know, obviously uh, you'll have to wait and see on that. But I think just in general, uh, at the end of the day, both of those defenses would be in play. You could look at the Browns since they're cheaper too, if you wanted just to save some money and go there. But I think you could also go with the Cincy D and P Ryan as like a sneaky little running back DST correlation there. So I don't hate that saints against Atlanta, anybody against Atlanta for that matter. But the saints have been putting up some pretty strong point outings, 15, seven, 18, like they've got some pretty good scores out there that we've seen. So that's been consistent. Uh, they got to get in. So I, I know that they need to, I think there's is uh, I got it here. Hope that the Rams beat San Francisco and then they can get in if they beat Atlanta. So I, I think that Saints are going to do what they got to do, like you said, and, and hope that the other one goes their way. There is opportunity there. So that's where the D is really going to pick it up. And then the Bills, regardless of how popular, you talked about Trevor Lawrence being an INT machine. Well, the Jets have given it up all season long as well. I think that, you know, it could be popular. They're 3,700. I get all that, but it looks to me like 15 points on paper with the potential just to break the slate and people say like, Oh, it sucks. The 20% D breaks the slate. That's fine. I'm telling you in advance, that's one spot. I won't be shy. I'm not going to be all in or anything, but I think, you know, 10 to 15 looks like the floor here. I think we could see a lot more though, because the jets really have nothing else to lose. Just keep playing to win, but like to try and win a game or who cares? Like just go balls to the wall. They're not going to just hand the ball off all game and say, let's just end our season this way. So that just means even more opportunities for the bills to go off on them. So I like all those calls. I loved the Washington and the Indy call that you had as well, but that's going to do it for this week. Week 18 DraftKings prize pick show here on the Mayo media network, hit the subscribe button down in the corner, that little red button. There's going to be more content coming at you from all angles, every sport, but my, with myself and JT Hayes as well. Like we talked about earlier with the playoffs excited for that. You can find me on Twitter at ToeTag and Tambo. Hit me up there if you guys have any questions. JT Hayes, let the people know where they can find you, and then I'll get us out of here. At JT Hayes Jr. on Twitter.com. And, of course, at Rum Pure Sports. Use code RPSHEATER25. 25% off your first month's payment. And in addition to the free content that we provide on Sunday and others provide all throughout the week, you get access to all the premium content, up-to-lock shows every single day, for the major sports and Tambo, you're going to be doing a lot of golf stuff starting this week already. So a lot of different things going on over at Rump Your Sports. Yeah, it's huge. You mentioned it. Rump Your Sports. Got to get over there. Get into the Discord. It's one price, all sports. I'm doing all the PGA stuff. It started up this week. We're into the midst of some primetime Hawaii golf right now this evening. Round one of the Century Tournament of Champions. So it's exciting. It's also exciting, like I said, this whole season. We appreciate you guys. You were here with us 18 weeks. That's been amazing. It's exciting that we've got the playoff shows coming up. Happy we're going to be back same time, same spot every week here. So that's it for this week for JTAs for myself. Other than that, thank you guys and good luck.